Your first question today is directed to Jeremy Frommer. What is the motive? What is motivating the momentum in Vocal Plus subscribers? And what is the specific advantage to a Vocal Plus subscription compared to a freemium account? Uh, I would start by saying that in general, nearly 50% of consumers today are using some form of, of a subscription service. And that's up from small fractions just a few decades ago. And the disruptive nature of technology like vocal is still something that's hard to wrap your head around. Subscription models are literally changing the way business does business. Uh, you could look from managing your brokerage account to building your music playlist subscriptions. Now, this has a great deal to do with utilizing first-party data uh, to build a great product that you, know, you heard Justin and Lori discuss earlier, create a value proposition that's win-win for all the platform's constituents, uh, in this case, creators, brands, and you know the audience. And when we first began building our business model almost seven years in the making, very few people understood how to create a value proposition for a premium subscriber to switch them to a premium offer. And there's many books written on the new freemium to premium economy. And great examples of success is Spotify. A great example of failure is MoviePass. And I'm gonna discuss a lot more about that concept in my shareholder letter, which we'll send out later today. But in the end, it's about creating a product that provides a needed solution to a large addressable market and then, of course, there is timing, timing, right place, right time. Vocal is the right product right now. It is the right time. Creators need a voice, and Vocal gives them that voice. It's a unique architecture, a safe community, and it kind of solves problems for them that they faced for the last few decades of the Internet. And how do that that's how do they tell their story and how do they get discovered and how do they get rewarded for their creativity? And the Vocal Plus premium subscription model provides those additional tools and resources that help expand that opportunity for the creator base. I recommend taking a look at the numerous resources that we have online related to Vocal uh, Plus, many of the propositions, including the increased monetization, uh, and participating in vocal challenges, to name a few, have their own resource guides. I'm very proud of the branded challenges in particular, uh, which are always trying to do good in an era when doing good is more important than ever. And with that, I'll turn it back to the operator. Thank you. Your second question is for Lori Weisberg. Lori, what does your pipeline look like? So as head of revenue for Created, um, pipeline is something that I actively track and, and analyze on a daily basis, along, of course, with actual revenue. But for now, I'm going to refer back to our guidance of um, approximately $600,000 in Q4 revenues. 
and what should be a lot closer to 1 million in Q1 of 2021. Um, as you've heard from Jeremy, our subscription business is healthy and growing. So with my new sales team, really the focus has been on winning new business and ultimately growing the number of accounts in our pipeline. Of course, if I can grow the number of accounts, I can also increase our chances of hitting our Q1 estimates. So over the last few months, I'd say I've spent a lot of time looking at historical data, and my teams are actively calling on brands in categories where we know we can win. Um, but on top of that, we're also going broader into new categories, ones that fit in well with our existing creator or audience base. <clears throat> and in, in the case of Seller's Choice, their customer base. The good news is, and what I'm seeing is from our services, is that we offer a wide range of products that can apply to a wider range of consumer segments. So we're calling on companies from health and wellness to science and technology, arts and entertainment, and that's just a few of the segments where we're actively um, having meetings and uh, adding those accounts to our pipeline. Um, but broadly speaking, we're really, really focused on D2C brands or direct-to-consumer brands because those are the ones who are actively spending online. So those are the ones that are ultimately filling our pipeline. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, conversions are what matters, and our clients care about uh, vocal and seller's choice being able to provide them with uh, revenue, with the revenue to their bottom line. So. I'm really excited to to say that you know Vocal is in uh, and Sales Choice in a unique position to offer a solution to uh, the the old problem of of creating conversion from advertising online. Um, so all in all, I'm confident that not only do we have a depth in product, but we also have the ability to call on a wide range of brands and. Um, I'm continuing to see our pipeline build and strengthen over the last few weeks and in the coming months. And for your third question, Chelsea, can you please review the options and warrants on the balance sheet? And at what price does the newly issued management option strike? Absolutely. The catch-up management options have an exercise price of $8.55 per share. Um, as to the other options and warrants on the balance sheet, the first significant exercise price level of these is $4.50 per share. Uh, these are the warrants issued in conjunction with third quarter's public offering and conversion of debt. Um, if fully exercised, these warrants would yield approximately $11.7 million in capital for the company. There are an immaterial number of warrants with a strike price slightly lower than that 450 level, but the average strike prices of both warrants and options are currently above market price, with the options having an average exercise price of $23.67 and the warrants having an average exercise price of $5.63. Your next question is, who are your competitors? We will pass this to Justin Morey to respond. That's a, that's a great question um, that many people have asked me over, over the past couple of years. Um, and Vocal does share some characteristics with other platforms for creators. 
specifically platforms like a Medium or Patreon. And while these companies have accomplished some pretty amazing milestones, they've also both raised hundreds of millions of dollars to do so. And as I said before, by leveraging our second to market advantage, we've been able to really build a, a comparable platform for a fraction of the cost. We also look at competition for more of a, a non-traditional approach. We built Vocal to be accretive to the creator economy uh, that's, that's rapidly expanding. We built integrations with other creative communities, such as Unsplash, and encourage our creators to embed their content from other creator platforms like YouTube and SoundCloud. And that's why we believe uh, that competition makes us faster, uh, but collaboration makes us better. And collaboration and partnership have and, and always will be at the core of creative values. For our last question, we'll go to Jeremy Fromer. There have been reports stating that Created missed its revenue targets. Can you comment on this? Um, I believe that what you're referring to is the research put out by a third-party service provider, Zaxx, which commented that we missed revenue and earnings guidance, and that got picked up on a few of the other networks. We wouldn't expect them to put that out without speaking to management, but simply put, we never gave out that guidance to them. I have not personally spoken to that analyst, and as far as we're concerned, our quarter was incredible. The guidance I gave earlier is the guidance that the street can rely on. Again, I would not rely on guidance from someone who I had not spoken to or my team has not spoken to. Because without doing so, uh, you know, you, you get into a situation uh, such as uh, the misreport by a third-party provider, which I'll address. But our guidance is clear. We're expecting between 550000 to 650000 in Q4, bringing us to a total of about $1.5 in total revenues for 2020. Next year, we project close to 1 million in Q1 and a total of approximately 6 million for the full year. And we expect our operating expenses to remain in line with historical performance away from increasing scale in marketing and maybe potential acquisitions we're looking at. But most importantly, or more importantly, our subscription acquisition costs should continue to drop. I would expect the 170 that many of you saw in the presentation or heard me talk about earlier drops down to about 150. That's my guidance, 150 by the end of Q4. And that that subscription cost drops to 130 by Q1 2021. Churn should continue to decrease as we continue to hone our marketing and targeting skills as it has over the last year. And now, in relation to the report specifically, that we missed earnings for shared guidance, this was, again, based on guidance given by Zacks without speaking to management. It is also important to note that if you had read the press release and looked at the quarter, that when you eliminate the one-time charges, which were predominantly related with the public equity offering, our loss for the quarter would have been approximately 1.9 million, 
which is in line with last year's third quarter, and approximately 46 cents per share, an actual improvement of 20 cents year over year. But again, that's management's perspective. I can't really comment the where he came out with his numbers. And with that operator, we'll conclude the question and answer portion. And once again, on behalf of the entire team, we thank you for joining us today. We look forward to staying in touch with you, each of you moving forward. We look forward to chatting with you and uh, another successful quarter ahead. Thank you, operator.